0: Welcome back to Blind Guy Talks Tech, your daily accessible tech podcast. Add your voice to the discussion. Email hello at blindguytalkstech.com or call and leave us a voicemail on 0204 571 3354.
1: Yes, hello, welcome. It's episode 56 for Monday, the 21st of March 2022. I am that blind guy, Stephen Scott. Good to have your company. Uh, joining me today on the show, as always, I have Sean Priest. Hello, Sean. Hello, Stephen. And I'm also joined today by the one and only Robin Christopherson. Lord Robin, hello. Hello, guys. And on the show today, uh, a big topic, in fact. Yeah, we're going to be discussing the subject of voice control, uh, new updates that have just arrived for the Mac, and also some other updates that have come along for iOS 15. Uh, 15.4, of course, the most recent update dropping, and Watch OS 8.5. We'll be getting into some of the updates in those apps and finding out what difference they're actually making. And that's where our uh, main guest of the day, sorry, guys, but our main guest of the day is Colin Hughes, who is with us, a former BBC producer, uh, now disability campaigner and advocate. Uh, Great to have you here on Blind Guy Talks. Tech, Colin.
0: Hi, Stephen.
1: Okay, let's get right into it, Colin. Now, you're joining us today and tomorrow on the podcast, which I'm really pleased about. And I'm so glad you're hanging around for that, because uh, we've got some really interesting topics to get into with you. And I think both these topics demand some serious time rather than just let's try and shoehorn it all into one episode, right? So, uh, we're, tomorrow we're going to talk about microphones for dictation. Uh, and, you know, we're talking dictation here for longer periods of time. So, for example, if you're doing college work or uni work or business work, you know, reports, that kind of thing. It's important to have a good microphone to do that dictation something I didn't think about until I read an article which you'd written for AbilityNet and we'll link to that animal we'll, we'll tell you more about that tomorrow uh, but today we're going to talk about voice control which is on a similar line but you know big updates have come in to macOS around voice control we've seen a couple of other updates on iOS 15.4 and even watch 8, watchOS 8.5 that can benefit blind and partially sighted people and the wider disabled community as well. But we're going to start with voice control because I know it's a, an issue for you. It's a, it's a subject for you, which you've uh, you've used this since its inception three years ago. And it's something which I know you were very pleased about when it came to the Mac. And uh, to, maybe it would be helpful for people to understand a bit about your sort of journey with this and the updates that have come along and why they are significant to you.
0: Yes. Um, last August, uh, probably for about the fifth or sixth time, I emailed Apple and said, why can't we bulk import the recovery and commands and export them? And they wrote back and said, that's a good idea, but pass it on to engineering. But this was last August. And since last August, we've had macOS, 12.1 or 12.0, which was launched in the end of November, I think, and there was no sign of that feature then. We then had a few small updates between November and now, but 12.1, 12.2. And there was no sign of those updates then. And then Tuesday evening, when 12.3 dropped, I opened voice control like I do every day, and there was a brand new drop down menu button. So I clicked on it and it was exactly what I called for last summer, bulk, import and export of custom commands and vocabulary that you know that you build up over time. So, for example, if you get a new MacBook like I did for Christmas, you could carry over all your uh, commands that you've written for yourself and your own recovery easily to your new MacBook.
2: And to what extent do they... Um allow you to you know export and and import into new versions or new machines the vocabulary new vocabulary vocabulary that you've added in the past and also the kind of learning around the probability of words that you use because that's part of a good voice recognition engine or solution is that you can add new words it can learn how you talk and much more likely uh, you know, the, increase the probability of giving you correct uh, vocabulary as you dictate the sort of things that you dictate with the, you know, terminology that you use, etc. So do you know
0: that it will deal with both of those aspects? Sadly, that is a major, major lack in voice control dictation. And it's a major part of my advocacy uh, going forward at the moment. Um I'm doing an interview uh, with a media tech publication about it because Apple launched Voice Control three years ago and they've shown it very little attention. There hasn't been many improvements and I think it's long overdue because it's not smart, it's not intelligent, it doesn't learn. It doesn't even deal with pronouns properly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you put in the name of a company, say IKEA, into voice control. Um, no, I'll give you a better example. Speechware, we're going to talk about their microphone later. Uh, voice control doesn't have speechware in its vocabulary. Mm-hmm but you can add it. So I add it with a capital S because it's the name of a company. So speechware, add it as a custom word. But then when I come to dictate it, it transcribes it with a lowercase first letter. So the S is the small S, but it's the same with people's names. So, if if it didn't have any unlikely event, but it didn't have Stephen in its vocabulary, Um, if I dictate Stephen, it will put Stephen with a small s. So, I mean, that is really dumb, isn't it? It's (laughs) kind of the basics. Yeah, that's 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 nonsense. That really is nonsense. nonsense. I shouldn't be doing that. So this is what, you know, and it, you know, it drains your energy. Disabled people, particularly severely disabled people, who are reliant on this software to just get on with their day, on with their job. It's so damn tiring when you're having to clear up these silly errors. And I always felt that they, they're so un-Apple-like, you know, they're meant to be the smart company, the clever guys. But these are just really basic things that, you know, I'm calling for.
1: Colin, if you don't mind me asking, and, and forgive me for asking the stupid question of the day, because, you know, that, that I, I am the king of that. Um But I don't know much about muscular dystrophy. So what does that limit your ability to do with the computer? Are you using your voice for every interaction with it? You you don't have the ability to use a keyboard or
0: mouse? I can use a trackpad with one hand, which does help. So but that is something. I can't do the keyboard, so I can't touch the keyboard at all. So I do a lot of things. Um, by voice now. And I've just done a a two day course, which is looking at doing everything hands free. Because the time will come when I won't be able to touch the trackpad with one of my hands. So I've learned more beyond dictation. So opening and closing uh, programmes. Moving the cursor around, that kind of thing. So, I am looking at head to future-proof things, so to speak.
2: And that was the big advance, wasn't it, three years ago? Voice control, what we would call command and control in voice recognition, where you know the dictation is one thing. Sounds like it's still lacking (laughs) uh, or lagging behind other solutions and other platforms. Um, and there is a lot to successful dictation but then the command and control side of things manipulating menus, dialogues, applications, correcting text, selecting and correcting that sort of thing that's what uh, differentiates you know simple dictation with Siri for example from uh, a a fully fledged professional solution when it comes to voice recognition or speech recognition that's I think the big advance in recent years but that's all very well. If you then have this ongoing frustration, I'm interested to know whether the um, autocorrect, you know, facility within any kind of text area in Mac OS can deal with something like the speechware. can you add it to Mac OS's autocorrect dictionary and would it sort it out on the fly?
0: I haven't come across uh, uh, that at all uh, in my Yeah, I don't know if it works experience. with dictation,
2: you know, when you're typing. The autocorrect menu pops up, and you can, you know, choose from a number of options. But uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't tried it when you're actually dictating that text. Maybe it doesn't even kick in.
0: No, it doesn't kick in. Um, Okay. Not, not in um, with voice control dictation. Uh The other thing it doesn't recognise. I don't know about you guys, but I have lots of friends in cosmopolitan london with all kinds of foreign names and voice control doesn't recognize them so you know if you've got a friend a Polish friend called foitech voice control does not recognize that Mm -hmm. and if you add it to vocabulary as a custom word a it won't put a capital letter at the start of his name and it won't recognize the pronunciation so that's a, that's a problem and of course the whole time i'm comparing it with windows dragon product and it's just light years ahead but i'm a an apple mac man <laughs> so you know uh it's, yeah,
1: yeah, I was I was going to ask you about that because I was going to ask you what the what the <laughs> Windows alternative might be, but of course you're right. You're you're a Mac guy and you always have been, and you want to continue using a Mac. And really, there's no reason why you shouldn't. But if you were to look at Windows, what are the options there? Is is Dragon the
0: answer? Dragon is the only answer really. <laughs> but at the moment, things are are set to change. Um, Microsoft bought Nuance last April. Nuance is the leading speech, re- uh, speech recognition company that was bought by Microsoft last year. And Nuance have got their Dragon product, which now technically Microsoft owned. And no surprise, with the release of Windows 11, but Windows is a uh, in Peter at the moment, trying a new voice app, um, which looks promising. At the moment, it's very rough around the edges. I've tried it. It's available through the Windows Insider program. Um, But you can see the Dragon influences And it will be baked into Windows in the same way that voice control is baked into macOS and iOS. So you'll be able to open and close programs. And the dictation aspects look promising. You're not going to preserve (laughs) judgment because it won't be fully released probably until September. But you see the Dragon influences there. Um, but it'll be free, it'll be built in, and it looks good.
3: With smart speakers and talking to gadgets is is not out of the ordinary. So you think, you know, when it comes to a desktop computer or, you know, an operating system, why is it so difficult? Is it simply a case... Uh, because we know the processing power is there for speech recognition and the the speed of it now, you know, you can speak naturally. It used to be a time I remember having to almost half a second pause between each word when you were dictating like that. And Those days have gone, yet those issues that you flag up there, Colin, I mean, they shouldn't be there. It does does sort of reek of uh, just a lack of interest, really. The technology is there but not the thought. I
0: think there is a bit of patronising going on, really, you know, when they launched voice control, they had a demo on the stage at WWDC, and there was a paraplegic user and he dictated a short, pie message, it may have been, happy birthday with a love emoji, how three years ago, that was wow, great, and including the emoji. I thought, wow, brilliant. But you soon start to realize that, you know, you want to do more than send your mum a happy birthday message. <laughs> you want to write your dissertation at university. You want to write your project in your career you want to write a blog post and voice control simply just isn't up to the job and it hasn't improved one iota in three years and surely these guys can do better um that's my opinion
2: i'm really interested to know how it compares with voice control on iOS because obviously that was a big development as well and at the moment it's feeling a little bit like um so for blind users voiceover on the mac hasn't really changed much in recent years and it feels like it's the kind of poor cousin to voiceover on ios which has had a lot of developments recently oh that's interesting yeah so voice control we've been talking about it on the mac and you know whilst it is meaning that that people who can't use the keyboard or or the mouse can have potentially now got access to Mac OS with things like the the mouse grid, et cetera. Um, what about on iOS? Because that has, in theory, got all that functionality as well, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, um, on iOS, my experience is, to be honest, I don't use voice control on an iPhone. Um, there are reasons for that. I don't like using a, a clamp, that that, you know, where you can mount your iPhone to your wheelchair. Aesthetically, I don't particularly like it, but also I can't see the screen anyway. Um, So, because I need a very big clamp to get it mounted to a position where I could see it. So, I don't have my iPhone on display like that. I can't handle the iPhone because my arms and hands don't work. So I prefer to use Siri on the iPhone for voice control. So for controlling the iPhone with my voice. And things are improving there with Siri, but there are still some ridiculous shortcomings. Just give you a couple of examples. I campaigned way back in iOS 10, I think it was for uh, the auto answer feature to be added to iOS. So calls could be automatically answered if you were wearing wireless earbuds. And after some press coverage in the tech press, back then, six years ago, five years ago, maybe, lo and behold, Apple introduced it. And I thought, great, that worked. And it was I made great use of it. But I quickly realised that this feature that's designed for people who can't use their hands to touch the screen requires you to do exactly that, to turn auto answer on and off. How ironic. Um, You know, (laughs) for the last five years, I've been trying to persuade Apple to see the sense here. But at the moment, They're stubborn. They just won't bring in a really simple Siri command. Hey Siri, turn on, auto answer. Hey Siri, turn off, auto answer. They just won't do it. I don't know why. It's
1: because Apple knows best, Colin. It knows best on how to do this. Uh, so, you know, don't you as a lowly consumer think you know anything that you can tell them, right? Um, I want to move on quickly to uh, iOS 15.4 because I know there's a, a, an aspect of this that you're very excited about, an update that's in iOS 15.4, and that is now Face ID with a mask um, that can now well, be enabled. Okay,
0: and this is a, another ironic one. Um, Face ID was introduced way back on the iPhone X or the iPhone X. And I made great use of it. And I remember to be blown away, literally blown away the day I picked up the iPhone X. I set up Face ID without my C mask on. And there was an option to set a second appearance. So I wear my CPAP mask in bed at night only, so I was able to go to bed that night, scab my face with my mask on, that covers my nose, covers my upper lip, and covers my cheeks where the scraps are. So it's quite a big mask, it's massive, but it's a mask. And I went to bed and I set up my second appearance. It was really tricky, took a long time, but after about 10 minutes of trying to scan my face, up popped a message that said, do you want to do a partial scan for accessibility? So I clicked yes, and then like magic, from then on, everything worked, even when I was wearing my mask. So for the last was it three, four years, I had no issues at all with Face ID recognizing me with my mask on. So when COVID hit, and lots of Apple users started raising the issue of masks not working. With face ID, I couldn't understand what the fuss was about because my mask had been working perfectly well with my mask on. So in September, when they released the iPhone 13 Pro, I got it out of the box, set it up with my face with the mask off. And fully expected, like before with the iPhone 10, when I put my dental mask on, that it would recognise me. But I tried for hours, hours and hours and hours. And it just wouldn't recognise me with my mask on. So I was there with a four-year-old iPhone 10 that continues to recognize me with my mask on, and a brand-new, latest and greatest iPhone 13 Pro, £1,000, and it wouldn't recognize me with my mask on. <laughs> I thought, this is a major step backwards for accessibility. Major. So I was fuming So uh I got on tonight by back because the covers Apple a lot. And they wrote up a piece about it, about my experience. And um I was just delighted when 15.4 beta uh made clear that Apple has come up with a a really good solution. So as you know, 15.4 dropped a couple of days ago. And I'm pleased to say it works brilliantly. But for me, it's just going back to the way it always was. Um, And Mm. I just went through this. Because
2: it's not just frustrating for you. It's it's non-trivial for you to t- put that oh, pin in, is isn't it?
0: Exactly so it's not right. as if it's, yeah. The last two days, life has been a breeze. You know, the sort of struggle <laughs> has lifted. Uh, yeah, I can't. You can't underestimate what, what difference it makes.
1: For many, it's convenience, but for you, it it makes the difference between using the device overnight or late at night, you know, and not. It's as simple as that. And, and that can be, you know, that could be critical at some point. So that is really, really good that that feature now exists. I just want to quickly mention before we go about uh, watchOS 8.5. There's a new feature in there, I believe, around uh, Fitness Plus that uh, brings audio hints to the Apple Watch. Now, Sean, I did uh, task you with the job of uh, sourcing information on this. I, I'm guessing the watch is lying dead somewhere. But yes. uh, what about the feature? Any news on that?
3: This is actually pretty cool because I did read up on it. So during the uh, classes or Fitness Plus exercises, there will be audio cues, and when that happens, your Apple Watch will describe the uh, exercise that they're doing. So you will get an audio description of the exercise and the positions. If it's something like yoga, so um, yeah, it's it's actually really cool because it's it's not it's not the audio description actually on the 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 live stream itself, but rather separate and coming through your Apple Watch as far as I can make out. So, yeah, very nice if you're into your fitness, which I am not.
1: Yeah, that does sound pretty cool, actually. Uh, Sean, thanks for that. Uh, Also, Colin, thank you. Uh, Stick with us, though, on the podcast, because on Tuesday's episode, we will be uh, coming back to Colin to discuss the subject of microphones. What's the right choice to make for using a microphone for dictation purposes? And I'm not talking here about Siri or just, you know, maybe just having a quick conversation with an assistant. I mean, actual detailed work you need to do. Stay around for that. It's going to be a really interesting discussion. Colin Hughes back with us on the next Blind Guy.
3: If you want even more Blind Guy in your life, visit BlindGuyTalksTech.com for previous episodes. Find us on your podcast apps or ask Lady A or Lady G to play
0: Blind Guy Talks Tech podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.